Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. It's been a long slog, but we're finally here. The final team, team number 32. Last but but not least, uh, unless uh, something dramatic and shocking happens, uh, if, you are been keep, if you have been keeping very close track, you know that uh, our 32nd team is the Los Angeles Rams. And so that is who we are talking about today. We wrap up the 2018 edition of 32 Fans in 32 Days with the return Returning champion Bear Mater, host of Locked On Rams podcast and co-host of the Rams podcast. So, Bear, welcome back to Thirty Two Fans. How are you doing today? Oh man, I'm doing better now. Even though that I'm capping off the Thirty Two teams, it makes me feel pretty good. Everyone that's been hanging in gets a a great episode to finish off as we talk uh, Los Angeles Rams football. And you're right, something dramatic would have to happen for us to. <laughs> Uh, to not be in the playoffs and be making some noise late in the season, but we'll get to that throughout the throughout yeah. The show. So we are posting this. We're recording this about a week in advance. We're posting this on September seventh. It's Friday. So, uh, but let's pretend that we are posting this live. So, uh, what did you think about that uh, Falcons Eagles game last night? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really yeah. close, and uh, I think, and uh, it was very competitive, and it's just good to see football. Yeah, again. that's true. I mean, well, let let me ask you a question: Are you bitter? <laughs> Still at how the Rams season ended at, at the hands of Atlanta last year in the first round? You know, not not so much bitter. I was more really just shocked. Um, you know, we came in really hot. Obviously, we, we rested our starters in week 17, which we were able to, you know, second guess all offseason. But we had such a good season. I was so confident coming into that. Uh, Farrell Cooper had two drop fumbles on punt returns, which he didn't do all season. Uh, we just started out slow. It was it was more shocking than angry, but I love it in a weird way because it's a young team, young coach, and now they've got that taste, and they also got that bitter taste of losing in their mouth. So they're highly motivated coming into this season. It's one of those things. You look at a young team, and you know it's really tough to go make that run and go all the way uh, or even go deep into the playoffs. So it was a good uh, you know, little carrot in front of the – the tortoise thing and, and having them, um, uh, you know, move along. Yeah, so let's, you know, we usually start by asking people to rank their confidence in their coach on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to have to assume that you're probably pretty high up on McVay, so I'm not even going to ask that question. I'm going to ask, what is your ranking, your confidence ranking in the front office from 1 to 10? Because they've, you know, they've made a lot of big moves this offseason. They've sort of won the offseason, as they say, with signing all these big-time free agents. Traditionally, there's a negative correlation between free agent spending and team success. 
So, you know, the Rams are obviously trying to flip that on its head this year. So do you like what they've done or, you know, tell me how you feel about the front office? Yeah, you know, I think hand-in-hand front office and head coach, I I almost have very similar ratings. Um, The only reason I would probably downgrade them just by maybe one is just how much they've, uh, you know, continued to drag on this Aaron Donald signing when we all know at the end of the day it's going to get done. So I don't really know why we're taking so long to really get that one done. Uh, But you're right, we won the offseason. That doesn't always mean good things. But what I like about us as far as the signings is – we didn't, you know, we went and got our, our number one receiver that filled in for Sammy Watkins. You look at his history, you know, four years in a row over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns and every team he comes from, even though they trade him for a first round pick, always, you know, speaks very highly of the character guy is and, you know, his route running and his speed and things like that. And then our other pieces just fit so well into Wade Phillips defense. Obviously, you got Tlaib, who used to play with him when he was in Denver. Uh, some of his best years in his career in Denver were with Wade. Got Marcus Peters, who's extremely young and is almost like the young version of uh, Tlaib, and, and they have that mentorship going on. And then Sue and Donald up the middle, uh, just nastiness, you know, coming at the quarterback and creating a lot of pressure. So I love the signings because it wasn't all offensive and, um, you know, we've got to rely on these, you know, offensive stats. We already have our offenses, you know, scored 29 points per game last year is coming back. Uh, the only change, obviously, is is Cooks, who I actually think is going to fit better than Sammy Watkins did in this offense. But I've got to say, um, yeah, I'm highly, highly, I'm I'm really high on this uh, front office. But I give it a nine just because of the Donald drag on uh, going on there. But that hopefully will be done here, and uh, you know, as we kick off. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not uh, offense only. The, the Rams are actually 30th in the league in spending on offense, so. Uh, you know, now that's largely indicative of the fact that they're saving a lot of quarterback, obviously, because they have golf on a rookie contract. But they have invested heavily in their defense, bringing in all these, you know, older veterans, like you said, Sue, Tlaib, Peter Shields. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I want to talk about Jared Goff for a second. So uh, on this podcast, we were not huge fans of Jared Goff after his rookie season, which was, you know, abysmal yeah. on the field, uh, off the field. If you watched uh, the Amazon show, he didn't even know, you know, where the sunset. He seemed sort of like a moron. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then last year, if not for, you know, Todd Gurley being his teammate in the backfield, he probably could have been an MVP candidate. So what is your confidence in, Todd, in, uh, in Jared Goff from, uh, you know, coming into this season? Well, I was right there with you. I wasn't ready to to throw you know a bus stamp on his head after year one. I had to you know look at who his coach was and what the scheme was that year, and they never really pushed the ball down the field. And then his last four games, he had a special teams coach. Although, um, you know, John Fossil Bones, who is out here in in LA, is one of the best special teams coaches there is. But he, maybe not ready for a head coaching job. So, uh, was kind of an unfair transition in that first year, but. When he got with McVay and just started to take off, right? And you could see how he started to understand the offense. He got really comfortable in the offense. And really seeing his off-field demeanor as well, he just seems more relaxed. He's gotten a lot more involved in the L.A. community. And he just seems like that leadership, that that quarterback uh, leader that you want out there. And he's learning more and more every day with McVay. And he's kind of becoming an extension of Sean McVay on the field. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about what he can do. He's great on the play action. You talked about Todd Gurley. Uh, he was number one in the league in play action last year, and he had like 119 uh, rating when uh, throwing on play action. So I love that with the combination of, of Todd Gurley. And if he's ever having a bad game or, you know, it's not clicking through the air, we have, 
you know, that luxury of going to Todd Gurley. And, and another great thing is he's got a cannon down the field. We saw a couple great throws from him last year. But he's been really smart with, one, getting rid of the football when he, you know, is going to see a, a negative play come. And then, two, just dumping it down to Todd Gurley. Let, throw it two yards and let him take it 70. And he really has learned to trust his players and not try to do too much, which I think is a huge uh, upside as a young quarterback coming in is sometimes they try to do too much, try to be the star, and he's really figured out what his players can do and trust them. So I'm I'm really high on Jared Goff coming in again this year, and we expect big things, and I think that's why the hype train is so far along is because we've added so much in our defense, and everyone looks back over to our offense and says, well, why why would it change? I mean, maybe you know people have more time to scheme the coach and you know quarterback combo, but uh, when you look around, just so many offensive weapons, it's so hard to plan for these guys because you think, oh, we'll shut we'll shut down uh, we'll shut down Gurley, okay, and and maybe Brandon Cooks. Well, then you got Cup and Woods, and you, know, you try to focus on Cup and Woods. Then you know all of a sudden you got Farrell Cooper, and in the return game, and Gurley goes off. So a lot of people to have to stop on this offense, which is nice. Yeah, you know, it's you, you were absolutely right about his uh, his success in the play action, and that's one big difference from McVay to uh, the Jeff Fisher regime, which, you know, obviously it's not just golf that benefited getting away from Fisher, but it was uh, Case Keenum and Nick Foles and pretty much uh, any quarterback who gets away from <laughs> Jeff Fisher immediately uh, goes from, you know, garbage to Pro Bowl. But um, in 2016, in his rookie year, Goff uh, only threw play action on 14% of his passes, which was second lowest in the league. And last year he was at 30%, which was highest in the league. Um, another interesting thing, you talked about how he was sort of almost like an extension of McVay on the field. One interesting thing I noticed the Rams doing a lot last year is they sort of do this like it's sort of like a hybrid of, of a hurry up where they come to the line really quickly, like in a no huddle. But then they actually they sort of stay at the line for five to ten seconds set up. And, you know, it's pretty clear that what's happening is is golf is serving the field and talking, you know, on his radio live to McVay. So it really is like, you know, they're sort of working in tandem, one on the sideline, one on the field. Um, let me ask you. So we did our our, our quarterback rankings uh, in a couple of weeks ago when we started this whole process. And I had I had uh, Jared Goff at number 21. And it's not because I hate him. It's just, you know, if you look, he's right behind Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson. So he's in the group of guys, sort of young quarterbacks who have shown us something but don't really have a long enough track record, in my opinion, to move up into the next tier, which is like, you know, Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford and guys who have seen seen play a little bit more. So, so what do you think about me ranking uh, uh, Goff at 21? And by the way, that also is an indication, I think, of how good a quarterback is in the league right now and how deep it is. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's fair. Uh, just because again, it's tough to start throwing Jared Goff up into a top ten, top fifteen after one season, right? This is the NFL. You want to see some more production. You want to see uh, consistency. And um, you know, he was pretty far down uh, coming into that last year. So um, you know, their offense did go from worst to first, and you don't expect that to happen with rankings of the quarterback, but. Um, you know, I, I honestly personally put him a little bit higher than that just because, you know, we, we watch him every Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whenever the heck they play. But um, I, we're, we're just, you know, we're in love with this guy and what he's been able to do in one year. But I think we're also trying to not go crazy on where we rank him. Yeah. Because, um, you know, looking at what he did last year, it's it could be tough to do again. Uh, but at the same time, as you talk about that offense and – you know, him and McVay working together, it wouldn't shock me if he comes back and puts up very similar numbers. So in this league, you know, it takes a long time for you to, you know, work your way up on that list. I mean, uh, 
looking back at even Cam Newton and how he kind of moved up those lists and Matt Ryan in his first couple of years, no one gave him a lot of credit and putting him up maybe in the top 10 and things like that. So, uh, and what Aaron Rodgers has been league 14 years and we all know what he can do. So I think it's going to take a little bit more time and, and more numbers, you know, can you do it two years, three years, four out of five years, those type of things where we can really start putting him in a conversation uh, near the top, but as a number one overall pick from where he was three years ago, as you know, like I said, everyone trying to label him as a bust. I think uh, that was way too early, uh, but here we are, and and uh, I think he'll climb those ladders in your quarterback rankings in the in the years to come. Yeah, let me ask you. Uh, you know, while we're talking about the offense here, let me ask you a fantasy football question. So, you have Brandon Cooks. You have Cooper Cup. You have Robert Woods, who, I mean, I was reading how McVay wanted Woods for years. He was trying to target him even, like, when he was on other teams. So which of those receivers do you think is going to be the uh, primary beneficiary, uh, you know, after Gurley, obviously? Who's going to be sort of the second biggest target on this team offensively from a fantasy perspective? Oh, man. that No, that's a great question, and it's something that we talk about a lot. And really, you know, the easiest way to translate it, too, is, you know, as you're looking fantasy value – and I did two fantasy drafts, and I really stayed away from all of them because uh, I just don't know. Like, I think I think they're going to spread it out so much. You know, we saw Sammy Watkins not really put up a lot of catches and yards last year, but he scored eight touchdowns. Uh, a lot of those came within uh, the five and ten yard line. A lot of slants, mm. a lot of quick and then throws. Cup, of course, was um, the guy who they targeted more than anybody in the red zone for some reason. It, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and his touchdown numbers really didn't show for it. I mean, he still had some good numbers, um, but he, I think he led the team on receptions last year as well. I mean, he was all over the place and Robert Woods was like 18 yards short of breaking a thousand yards. And I always kind of share this story. If you haven't heard it, I, I love it, but he had a, um, a little, little piece in his contract that said, if he goes over a thousand yards, he gets like a $400,000 bonus or $200,000 bonus or something like that. And they didn't play him week 17 because they were resting starters and didn't really give him opportunity to go get it, which obviously the season he had, I'm sure he would have had, a, you know, 12 yards. And the Rams instead at the end of the year gave him his signing bonus anyway, gave him that bonus of receiving the thousand yards and said, dude, we, you did, you know, exactly what we, you know, better than what we really thought you were going to do. And we held you out. So I thought that was always really cool of the Rams to go and, and actually pay up on that that would be another reason why as you asked that question earlier about the organization what I love about them but uh, getting back to the question it's going to be tough I mean I could really build a case for you know either one of those three wide receivers leading the team in receiving yards Um, I think Cooks will be the guy that leads in touchdowns just because he's your number one guy I think they're going to go deep to him a few more times and then I think they're going to try to fill him in that same role uh, he's such a good route runner to try to give him the ball inside the red zone. But again, you mentioned it, Cup, most targets in the red zone could be him. I think that's one of those things when you step back and go, wow, I love debating this because this is an awesome problem to have. It's not like, you know, will we have a number two that can, you know, complement a one? It's like, who's going to be the best out of our one, two, and three? Uh, can't be mad at that. Yeah, so let's turn to the defense now. And when we do that, we got to talk again about all these big name free agent signings that they brought in Sue to leave Peter Shields. Uh, you know, I talked before about how usually there's a negative correlation between free agent spending and team success, but we know that you know since the 2011 CBA, really the uh, the way the way to succeed in the NFL is to to win when you have a quarter a good quarterback on a rookie contract because that creates the uh, you know the extra marginal value to spend on other players. And so there's really a five year window, and we're entering you know Goff's third year. So the Rams, I think it's understandable that they're in win now mode. 
And so, you know, from that perspective, it, it makes sense to me. I guess, you know, the question will have to be whether they pick the right ones. But you look at who's, who's been in the Super Bowl the last few years. You know, the Eagles had Carson Wentz on a rookie contract last year. Um, the Patriots, obviously, who, 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 you know, who were in the Super Bowl last year and won the year before, have had Tom Brady on a well below, uh, you know, value contract. Cam Newton the year before that was on a rookie contract. And Peyton Manning, like uh, Brady, was taking much below his market value. Russell Wilson before that was in a couple Super Bowls in a row on a rookie contract and one against Brady and one against Peyton Manning again. So, uh, you know, and then even before that, I think it was Cal- Colin Kaepernick and Joe Flacco on rookie contracts. So th- there really hasn't yeah. been a quarterback making top 10 quarterback money to make a Super Bowl in a decade. So, you know, I understand why, you know, the Rams thinking, thinking is we have to win now on Goff's first contract, not his second contract. The Vikings obviously are going to try and flip that this year because they've spent, you know, more than anybody on their quarterback. And the Packers have been trying to do it, you know, since they went to the Super Bowl in 2010 and they haven't been back since then. So let's talk about this defense. You know, you mentioned all those big free agent signings. What do you think, like, what is your biggest cause for concern? Where do you think there's a hole, if any, on this defense? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the talk around L.A. and a little bit around the league is – uh, our linebacking core outside of Mark Barron is a bunch of, wait, who is that? Wait, is that, how long has he been in the league? Um, but they're a bunch of young guys, right? And they're they're coming up and, and this preseason has really shown to make some plays. Um, you know, we're talking like Samson, Ibukum, Corey Littleton, um, Rameek Wilson, Bryce Hager, Justin Lawler, all these guys, Mark Longacre, guys that a lot of people are like, yeah, not really household names, but... Uh, in the system of Wade Phillips, fit perfectly to what he needs them to do, right? Then you go in the front line and you're talking about Sue and Brockers and Donald and we're getting easily back this year, which a lot of people forget about towards ACL and training camp last year and was really expected to be a big part of that line. Uh, So we just get stronger there. Uh, We saw it when they got to play just a few snaps in the preseason against um, the Texans. The pressure they were able to get on Watson and one of my favorite things I heard when they were talking about uh, Sue pushing Watson when he threw that interception deep is they said he didn't tackle him. He pushed him into the crust of the earth. And you could tell, man, he's out there to really hurt people, you know, and I love the aggressiveness. He's one of those people that uh, if he's not on your team, you kind of hate him. But if he's on your team, you love him. And we kind of have two of those guys. Aaron Donald is a little bit nasty, too, in his own right. So uh, I love that. It's going to create a lot of pressure. And then our cornerbacks are so strong. We're so deep in that position. Obviously, uh, you know the likes of Marcus Peters and uh, Tlaib. And then we picked up Sam Shields, who's played awesome so far in the preseason. And people forget it wasn't long ago before all his concussions and he sat out a couple years. He was you know, one of the hottest cornerbacks in the league. So um, we still got him. LaMarcus Joyner we got on the franchise tag is back there basically as a Hawkeye, big uh, ball hawking guy. Also, he'll take your head off. I think he's one of those guys I got to watch out for getting a bunch of flags this year with the new helmet rule because he definitely is going in there reckless sometimes. And then John Johnson the third, second year guy. Um, I, we were really high on him out here. So our secondary is just so nasty, and I you know, dare you to throw it. I think our big thing is, we're going back to last year, we struggled against the run, but I think getting easily back and then plugging Sue in there, and it's going to be a big focus on what they do as far as you know, improving from last year. I think this defense can definitely be a top three, and I would not be shocked if it's that defense that everyone wishes they had in fantasy football with all the turnovers we expect them to create. And really, as you're looking at how things line up, Tons of quarterback pressure, um, you know, lockdown corners, 
and aggressive safeties, that linebacking core is the one spot where you're like, guys, just you know, really plug me and you in there, and we should be able to win 10 games. Yep. So do you think linebackers are the weakest spot on this team on both sides of the ball? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah, I'd have to say so. I think another position that uh, we're a little bit struggling with right now uh, would be tight end. Tyler Higby is, is our, our clear-cut number one tight end. Uh, but we thought we had a, a really deep uh, core there. But Gerald Everett's been a little banged up. He was our draft pick in McVay's first year. Uh, kind of underperformed the first year. And coming off of a shoulder injury, I'm kind of curious to see how fast he'll be able to get back into uh, game flow and what he'll be doing. And then Tamara Hemingway was coming back from an injury. We were excited about him, another draft pick from a couple years ago. But he's played pretty poorly in the preseason so far. So outside of Tyler Higby, there's a lot of question marks at tight end right now. Our offensive line we feel really good about. And then, yeah, going around the defense, everywhere else we feel really comfortable with. But linebacking is going to be something where we could see a lot of young talent come out and surprise us and play really well and, you know, make a name for themselves this season. But it could be, you know, when you're eight weeks in going, man, we got to find somebody or something's got to change in that linebacking uh, core. But we have have faith out here in L.A. as we've learned more about them. We've seen them in action in this preseason. I think we're all excited to get to the regular season and, uh, you know, see what they're made of against number ones. Let me ask you a question. This team has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Give me the five best players on this team. Who are, like, the five biggest stars on this team? Man, that's crazy tough in a weird way because, you know, I'll, I'll try to spread it out a little bit. Obviously, uh, Todd Gurley is your MVP, uh, no-brainer, best player on the team. Uh, picking another guy from the offense that I think would should definitely rank in the top five is Andrew Whitworth, man. He came in and really uh, solidified that line on the left side and has been able to protect Goff last year. Um, I think he only gave up like one quarterback pressure leading into like week 16, which is just insane. Uh, and then the craziest thing is he had one of his worst games ever in the playoff game as we talked about the disappointment of that game. Um, I think he ended up having like four or five quarterback pressures in that game alone, which, you know, he didn't do all season. Uh, but I still have to put him up there as, you know, top five players on our team. And then going over the defense side, obviously you're going to have to say Aaron Donald. Um, the guy's probably the best player in the NFL, and I'll, you know, you can at me on that one. He's definitely the best defensive player in the NFL, but if you're talking about game-changing type of guy, you can't even triple team this guy. I was watching old highlights um, the last couple of years, and you know he's plowing through triple teams, and that's just that's insane. So he's definitely up there. That would be three. I think I gotta take one of our cornerbacks. I'll go with the younger one. I'll go Marcus Peters would be four. Uh, I think his upside again right now he he leads the NFL as far as uh, interceptions and since he's been in the league. Um, and then we got one more. And since our offense was really what carried us last year. Uh, I'll jump back over there and, you know, I'll give love to my boy Jared Goff. We talked about him, um, you know, where you ranked him in the quarterback rankings, but I think he's going to take another step forward. He threw threw for over 3,000 yards last year. I think he can easily go over 3,500 or plus this year um, and get into approaching that 30 touchdown mark, which would be awesome for him. Uh, I think the only reason he wouldn't is just because Todd Gurley on the ground is going to just, you know, chew up a bunch of yardage but uh, the way that this offense moves we're trying to put up points every time they get out there so I think he's going to take a step forward I'd probably put him as number five uh, best player on the team all right 
you know, one of the things we talked about is with this team having sort of, you know, mortgage of the future with, with all these trades and all these big free agent signings is they had no draft picks until the end of the third round this year. So which one of their rookies incoming do you think is going to have a positive impact on this team? Yeah, great question. And it could just be him. It was uh, Joseph Noteboom. He was our third round pick. Um, the only reason he probably wouldn't win this, and I'll name a couple other people, is because he's really sitting behind an offensive line that played every single game together last year. Obviously, we're missing Jamon Brown, right tackle for the first two games. He's uh, suspended for a, a marijuana charge from 18 months ago, which I found crazy that, that it was that long ago, and now we're finally uh, getting it. Especially because he now um, plays in LA, where there's like a dispensary every yeah. block. Come on, yeah. NFL. Let's get it together. It's very, it's let's, very let's, hard to not work. be perpetually high in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Plus, you know, let's talk about the medical benefits. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, so I think he's probably one of our best picks that we got. He And who knows when he'll really get true action, but we can throw him all around the line. He's like 6'5", 315. He's super athletic. He's got great feet. Uh, I think he's exciting looking as the future as you're looking at how much longer Whitworth can play and John Sullivan on that line. You're going to have to move some things. We just re-signed uh, Rob Havenstein, but Jamon Brown, we just spoke of, he's going to be a free agent next year, so I don't know if we're going to keep him. Um, and then other rookies that I'm really excited about, obviously there's Justin Justin Lawler. He's had a great preseason so far. Micah Kaiser, this guy is a tackling machine. He seems to be all over the field. Really excited about him as well. And um, let's see, John Franklin Meyer. Uh, he is a DN that has a motor like crazy. Those three guys on the defense, we did so well on our draft. I was really excited. We did, Like you said, we didn't have a pick till third. Um, you know, another guy we got was John Kelly in the sixth round, and he's shown out to be one of the best guys in the preseason so far, and it's going to be a great guy to spell Todd Gurley. Um, so as far as stats, he could probably come in and, and be one of the best impact player. But what I love about their draft is they went and got guys that are late in the draft, but also are going to be impact players that, you know, they did a lot on the defense side of the ball that they're going to rotate guys in. And then we've got another guy that's banged up right now, Obo Okoronko from uh, Oklahoma, which I can't believe I said all those O's in a row without messing yeah, that up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, he go. Yeah, he goes by Obezi, and I usually stick to that because it's just easier to say. Uh, but he's banged up. He's probably start the, the year on the pup list. Uh, but when he comes off, we don't really know what he is yet. But coming out of the draft, uh, we were really excited about him and, and the plays that he made in college. So I love um, our rookies, and a lot of them are, you know, fourth through six rounders that, you know, I really expect to make an impact this year on this team. So that's what makes it fun about that 53-man uh, roster as you're looking at how it's going to break down a lot of these young guys looking to make the team and and if you're on the team there's not a lot of space you're gonna have to play so excited to see how some of those rookies come out yeah so let's talk about you know one thing which you just sort of mentioned this is a team according to football outsiders the rams were the healthiest team in the nfl last year they were also the healthiest team in the nfl in 2016 so that's kind of crazy to be number one two years in a row so i guess the question is when that luck runs out and there's some you know obvious regression <laughs> Is this team going to stop? I mean, we saw this from, like, the Falcons a couple of years ago after they made the Julio trade uh, to get Julio, where they sort of were, like, really top-heavy. They had a, a bunch of big names at the top, but then it was kind of hollow underneath, and when they suffered injuries, you know, it was when they went through that run where they went, like, 4-12 and one year and 6-10 and the next year. So what happens to the Rams when, you know, when the injury bug starts hitting them? Yeah, and I think that's really where this draft uh, was focused on, right? Because if, if, let's say, the injury bug happens on the O-line, we got um, not only did we get Noteboom, 
we got a guy named Brandon Allen, or sorry, we've got a um, a center named Brian Allen, and then uh, Jamil Demby is another offensive lineman we got late who we've loved so far. So we got three linemen uh, with two out of the first four picks we got in the draft. Um, so if it's O line, we've got we really added our depth now. Yes, rookies, and maybe they don't come in and and play to the elite level that you know they're filling in that spot. But we're excited about those players. Uh, cornerback, I mentioned earlier, we're so deep. You know, we've got Blake Countless, uh, Troy Hill, Sam Shields uh, backing up those guys. Those guys all got good minutes, uh, not only if it was last year, but for Sam Shields a couple years before. Um, in the safety position, we're really excited about uh, uh, Christensen. He's one of our backups that, you know, could come in and fill in. Uh, Roby Coleman can really be placed anywhere in the lineup. He's a good ball hawking type of uh, secondary guy. So I love our backups and where we're at this point. I think, again, tight end, we'd be really struggling if we got hurt. And then quarterback, man. If Jared Goff goes down, let's really highlight the biggest gap in our roster, I guess, that we haven't mentioned yet, is if Jared Goff goes down, we are in big, big trouble right now because Sean Mannion has looked like doo-doo this preseason, man. It is, and that's a compliment. He's looked so bad. Um, Brandon Allen is his backup right now. And then we've got this guy, Luis Perez, who the fans really love, but he hasn't gotten any action in the preseason yet. He'll finally get to play in the preseason four. But um, yeah, we're in big trouble if uh, Goff goes down. We'd have to make a trade. We'd have to find somebody. We have to call somebody to get off a couch to come and try to be and a And you're kind of short of picks to make a trade also, right? Because you already traded one of the picks, I think, the second rounder for Peters, right, next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, and and we want to have some draft picks. You know, we we yeah. haven't had a first round draft pick since Jared Goff. So I know obviously they they like to get back in that round or at least get some value for that pick and not have to be put in a spot of, you know, weakness to try to make that trade. So that's why a lot of people out here are really hoping um, that we go and pick someone up before the season starts. Obviously, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was moved down to the Saints. Um the Packers just moved their backup tight or their backup quarterback. We're really looking at RG three. He's got, which is weird to say because uh, you thought that was basically that experiment was over. But he's looked pretty good so far in Baltimore. He's got a history with McVay, uh, so we're hoping that we do a little bit to ensure this before we ever get there. And then I guess long term, we're really just hoping that never happens to Goff. But that's probably our biggest. Oh no, who's behind him? Is is at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, they're 30th in spending on the offense, and so part of the consequence is that if, if you look at who's number two on the depth chart, at all the skill positions, it's not great. You know, Sean Mannion would be your quarterback. Malcolm Brown would be your running back. I mean, none of these guys have a track record. At receiver, if any of your three receivers get hurt, I mean, who's next? Farrell Cooper, he's a returner. I don't know how much of a receiver he is. I don't know who else is, what other receivers yeah. they have beyond there. Your tight end is probably, other than maybe the Cowboys, the least valuable tight end in the league just about, right, <laughs> between Higby and Everett. yeah. Yes, so I'll give you a couple wide receivers that we're excited about, though. Josh Reynolds, he filled in for Robert Woods last year when he got a little banged up. He's a 6'3", speedy wide receiver that goes in high points of the ball, so we're actually really excited about him. I think he would jump before Farrell Cooper. Um, and then a couple guys that are, are cutting to make it, Kadero Hodge has really had a great preseason, and, and I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he could be another guy. Mike Thomas was a draft pick from a couple years ago. Uh, great size, never really has had an opportunity so I think at a wide receiver position he'd be interested to see what would happen if he came into the game and I really think John Kelly's going to jump all of our running backs and be our number two running back Malcolm Brown there's even little talks about you know he could be part of trade bait uh, as far as you know 
moving around and making room on this roster. So I don't think Malcolm Brown would even be the backup for Todd Gurley. If he is, I'm with you. I'm not really impressed. But if John Kelly's in there, I've seen some amazing things from him so far. All right, let's ask you about our, our good buddy Sam from New Zealand. So we have a listener this year, or I don't know how long he's been a listener, but we have a listener who lives in New Zealand named Sam and is looking to become an NFL fan this year. So we've been asking everybody why uh, Sam should adopt your team or should not adopt your team. Oh, mate, Sam from New Zealand. That's a little bit more Aussie. Um, well, Sam, jump on board, man. Come with the winners. Uh, I know I've been out to New Zealand. You guys got tons of, like, goats out there. We're, we're closest to a goat is a ram. Uh, so, you know, come come join. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's not a terrible idea. Yeah, come join something you're a little familiar with. It's a little transition. Uh, you know, we got horns in, on our helmet, and we're going to make some impact. Yeah, but, but hold on. But you called yourselves winners. You haven't won a playoff game in 15 That's years. That's very so. true. That's very true. But we want, we're want we defending NFC West champs. Uh, so That's true. So we are, we are on. The green arrow is pointing up, and that is for sure right now. Uh, you got the exciting back of Todd Gurley. If you're into fantasy, Sam, you might as well do the one-two combo. Take the number one pick with Todd Gurley. Go be a Rams fan. And, uh, I mean... If, if you don't know who Sean McVay is, Google him right now. You might fall in love. And then throw in one word after that and put girlfriend, Sean McVay, girlfriend, and you'll definitely be rooting for the Rams, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so not so much fo- not so much football talk there, but I'm trying to get him on different yeah. angles. Everyone's been pitching him football. I'm saying look up our coach's girlfriend. We relate to, you know, the goats and the Rams are close. Yeah. They're like, you know, cousins. So let's get it. Let's go, Sam. Yeah, I, I'm not enough of a zoologist to know our goats and rams. Cousins yeah. and enemies, I don't really know the relationship. <laughs> Fair there. enough. All right, so let's talk about, you know, one of the consequences of having a good season for once is it means a much tougher schedule this year. Although I notice you get the Vikings, Eagles, and Packers all at home. So that's definitely a plus. Uh, you know, I don't, know, I don't know how great the Rams' home field advantage is, but obviously it's better than having to travel to, to Minnesota and, and Philadelphia and Green Bay. So let's look at the schedule and see how it's going to fall out. So you start with the late Monday nighter. You go up to Oakland, probably the uh, – the last time that the Los Angeles Rams will ever play a game in Oakland. Yeah, hopefully. That place is a dump. <laughs> uh, feel good about that What's one. What's your prediction for uh, yeah, this one? Yeah, feel good about that one. They're not going to have Cleo Mack, uh, as all you know signs point to that right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think our offense is dying to get on the field. We haven't played all preseason. I think our defense is going to allow our offense to start slow. Uh, our defense is so nasty, and I, I can't reiterate this enough. I'm so excited about this defense, the pressure they're going to be able to uh, do up front, and then how you know the, the pressure they have on the outside as well. So I'm really excited. I think um, you know Marshawn Lynch is a little bit past his prime of being really worried about him. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, you know, I'm still just not too excited about uh, their wide receiving core and you know what they're going to do there. They kind of really fizzled out last year. I think that was more true to form than a few years ago when they made a you know made a really deep run until Carr got hurt. So I feel really good about this game. Chucky's first game back in the NFL. I think we're going to kind of shake his world up. So I think I think that's a win for the Rams. Yeah, McVeigh gets Gruden in 2018 is probably like more unfair than if it would have been like Gruden against McVeigh. 20 years ago right. when Gruden was winning Super Bowls and McVay was a teenager. Exactly. So, yeah. All right, week two, you come home. You face the Cardinals at home, divisional battle. Yeah, that's got to be. This is the first of a, a three-week homestand. Yeah, we, we um, you know, and it's funny. You talked about, you know, a lot of our tough games are at home. This is not one of them in my eyes, but um, <laughs> yeah. we didn't play very well at home last year. We're actually way better on the road, so we're really hoping to improve that. And it starts here week two with beating a team you should beat at home. So 
Cardinals, this should be an easy win. Uh, they don't. We don't know really who uh, quarterback's going to be. Obviously, we're expecting Bradford, but is he going to be healthy by week two still? I don't know. I mean, we're, we're not sure. Yeah. And La- Last year, he was phenomenal in week one, walked off the field with no injury and never played again. Exactly, so. exactly. So not sure what we're getting there. And if it's Rosen, I, I, I just time. think he's yeah. still mentally probably not ready. Uh, especially to face this defense yeah. that's going to be all up in his ear and pushing him in the dirt. And so I think Rams, this is the easy win for them. Yeah. It'd be a homecoming for him, though, back in Yeah, it would. And, and we'd let him hear it in, in the negative way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. So I think the Rams really need to start out 2-0 to do what they want to do this year because yeah. they have a late bye in Week 12. And you look at the after, you know, after their first two wins, which should be pretty easy, the next 11 games or the next nine games through week 11 are really, really tough. There's there's maybe, you know, one – I don't think there's a single gimme in the whole batch actually. Um, and then after the bye, I think other than the Eagles game, it's pretty easy. So week three, you host the Chargers. It's the uh, L.A. Derby. Yeah. Yeah, this one scares me. And we did on, on Lockdown Rams. We Well, I think you're probably worried because, like, there's, like, the scores of uh, Chargers fans who are going to be in your state. Yeah, I don't know if that's really what worries me because I live – Scores is too much? Yeah. Should, I, should I say dozens? Yeah, there you go. That's better. I live in L.A. Yeah. and, uh, yeah, you don't see scores of uh, Chargers fans yeah. anywhere. Have you ever met uh, a Chargers fan? Yeah, actually, uh, the girl that I hang out with is a Chargers fan. We're going to yeah. the game. She's going to wear her jersey, and, of course, I'm going to wear my jersey. We're going to be those people. Um, so this one means a lot to me personally anyway for that reason. But I think this is a big game. When, like I was saying, on Lockdown Rams, we did a, a kind of schedule breakdown. And this was the, the game I circled that scares me the most, especially because it's early in the season. Uh, it's against the L.A. team, which – it, it, there's been so much trash talk from the fans that if we lose this game, like mentally, I think our fans are going to be hurt. And I don't know what the team, how the team can react to losing to the Chargers. Um, but and and there's been some, and I'm not going to say I'm part of this, but some say that this could be a Super Bowl preview, uh, which would be awesome. <laughs> but again, a long, yeah, a long I don't shot. Think any, I don't think anyone east of Los Angeles. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Chargers are a sneaky team, man. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, and that's what scares me about this. I, I hope the Rams come into this. And obviously, Sean McVay and that coaching staff is going to do a good job coaching them up. I have the Rams sneaking by, um, but I think this is going to be a lot closer uh, than a lot of people expect. I got the Rams winning this game, but in a very, very close battle. All right, and look, I don't want to blow up your spot. Uh, I assume she's probably not a listener to 32 fans, <laughs> but I have to make reference to uh, you know the greatest film uh, in L.A. ever made. Uh, you said that the girl you're hanging out with, I mean, would you qualify her? Would you say she's your special lady? Would you say she's your fucking lady friend? Like, how would you describe her exactly? <laughs> yeah, special lady friend, that works for me. Uh, special lady? Okay, all right, so so you uh, go a bit stronger than the dude. All right, so you're two and, you're 3-0 and oh now, and uh, Thursday night, short week, you host the Vikings. Probably the toughest matchup you have yet. You want a little bit of revenge for that uh, 24-7 beatdown you took on the road last year. Yeah, this one's tough. And this is where, you know, as you're trying to be realistic, right, because there's something in my head, and you've heard it from, you know, the 30 minutes we've done on this podcast so far, is, you know, I'm hyped about this team, right? So at the end of the day, if we did this, I could probably go, yeah, 16-0, and let's do it. But you got to be realistic. It's a long season. I think this is a tough game on a short week coming after a really tough game. Um, so this is one where if we got to go and start chalking up some wins and losses, I think this one, uh, could be a very, uh, a trap game in a sense where we come in and if the Vikings are playing, which the way that people think they can and their defense is the way it is, uh, this could be a tough one. So I still like our defense at home. I still like our defense anywhere, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll chalk up an L here just to, just to fill in a few slots in, in the loss column. So I'll take a loss here. 
Yeah. Now, of course, you know, playing at home on a short week is a slight advantage, but I have to point out the Vikings will have been coming off a home game against Buffalo. So it's almost like the Vikings are coming off. A <laughs> there you go. There so, you go. Traveling far so to the it, West it Coast, though. That's yeah. a good point. You never know. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, though. That Buffalo team is going to look pretty, pretty rough this year. And, and the Vikings-Rams rivalry, which you know predates our time in the 70s, the Vikings used to just destroy the Rams in the playoffs every year. I think the Vikings are like 4-0 or 5-0, something like that in the playoffs against the Rams until uh, 2000, or 99, excuse me, until 99 when the Rams beat them in the divisional round. All right, so you're 3-1, and one, and now you start a three-game road stretch, and there's no gimme in the bunch. You start at Seattle, which, you know, even if Seattle's down, it's still never an easy place to play. Yeah, it, it, the one thing I see about here, and it's, it could go either way, right? We went up there last year. And basically stomp the division, you know, championship. Well, we could have put on our championship shirts that game, even though we had to go to Tennessee to really, you know, get it uh, solidified. But uh, they're going to be pretty pissed, right? We went up there and we spanked them. It was like what forty-two to seven or something like that. Um, so I see this one being kind of a revenge game for the Seahawks. But while I say that, they don't have any new one, any new. Uh, members on the offensive line. No one can protect Russell Wilson. I think they're in big trouble this year. Uh, they reached on a running back in the first round that may not even be the guy that they go to. Carson's getting a lot of love up there right now. Uh, we'll see which direction they go. And uh, Baldwin is still banged up. I think by this point he should be healthy. But if he can't, if he comes out and for some reason he wasn't ready and he hurts his knee again, I think it is or whatever he's injured with. Um, you know, maybe they don't have their number one wide receiver there. Their defense is on other teams basically at this point. Uh, so <laughs> I, I really, I really see the Rams basically going up early in the season and going, hey, listen, this is our division. And last year wasn't a fluke. We're going to whoop you up again. I have the Rams winning pretty big up in Seattle on this one, actually. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You know, last year, obviously, when you beat them 42-7 to in Seattle's late in the year, which was the perfect time to face the Seahawks, everything was falling apart there. But I think you're right. They, they haven't done a lot to rectify a lot of those problems. So, all right. So now you're 4-1. and one, And uh, then you go at Denver the next week to mile high. Uh, you get to have a rematch with our uh, reunion with Case Keenum. Yeah, and and that's the t- and that's another tough defense. Yeah, uh, the defense is kind of what get defense and and road game there are the two things that you know get you a little scared. Case Keenum, man, I mean, I think he's done well in a few of the systems that he's been in. Obviously, he found a nice little thing going on there in Minnesota with another great defense. Um, but I saw him in person. I thought he was average at best. That was obviously three years ago. Uh, you hope that he'd improve by now, essentially that he's gotten paid uh, pretty pretty nicely from Denver. But uh, again, I just don't see it. I think the Broncos are going to be a little bit of a disappointment again. And uh, I think the Rams played so well on the road. I think coming off of a big win in Seattle, they're just going to have that mindset of being road warriors. It's one of these things where, you know, when you're kind of now coming in as I don't want to say a uh, you know bullseye in your back, but people that actually know that you know you're a good team coming in now. Uh, this allows them to play that underdog on the road, me against the world mentality, which I think this team has a nasty streak about them that they're going to really embrace. That they did it last year uh, when they won seven or eight ball games on the road. So I like us on the road, and I think uh, Case Keenum is going to get in big trouble here. So their offense isn't going to be able to move the ball much. Um, and I think the Rams are going to be able to put up enough points. I got the Rams in this one as well. All right, so yeah, you advanced to five and one, and then by the way, did you watch All or Nothing when it was the Rams I, uh, season? A couple I years did. Ago? I did. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I'll say about Case Keenum is he came off as just as a really nice guy. Oh, 
which is probably not the number one thing you yeah. want to say about your quarterback that he's nice. No, I, I'll, but, I'll um, support that yeah. 100%. When we were talking yeah. on Ram, Look, yeah, Rams podcast. I'll owe him forever for yeah. the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure, for sure. But, yeah, he's, he's right, a solid so dude. All right, so you're 5-1. Oh, sorry. 5-1, and one, and uh, the, the three-game road, street, uh, road trip ends at San Francisco. Sunday night football, your third night game early in the season. Yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be a fun one, man. Uh, another division game, a uh, lot of hype on the Niners. I'm curious where they're at at this point coming into the game because um, that changes things. If this is you know two six win ball clubs coming in, this is gonna be a nice fun game on Sunday night. I just don't know. I want Jimmy G to do it against number one starters and do it for 16 games before I start giving them you know hundred something million dollars like the Niners did. But uh, he has all. Yeah, and by the way, if San Francisco's a six-win ball team uh, team at this point, that means they will have won in Minnesota, in Kansas City, in Los Angeles against the Chargers, and in Green Bay. Yeah, so, so I don't. Not, no matter how yeah. good Jimmy GQ is, they're they're not going to be six and zero or five and one. Or I'm like I'm with you there. So uh, this is going to yeah. be a tough one. Division games are always tough on the road. Again, uh, division game. I think this can go really either way. Um, and it kills me to do this, but I'm just trying to chalk up a couple losses here. And I almost want, I know we finished with the Niners, so that would be a nice little uh, revenge there. Even though deep down in my heart, I think this is a win. I'll put a loss here, uh, maybe to kind of motivate us moving forward. But, um, and you know what? I'm looking, I'm looking ahead. Let me, let me slow down here. I'm going to take a win here. I'm changing my mind. We got the Packers next, and I'll jump ahead. I think the Packers is where we take that loss. So I'm going to beat the Niners in our own division. Packers come in. Aaron Rodgers is just crazy. Um, we we've haven't been known to play extremely well at home. I think the Packers get us, but we get the Niners. All right, so you're six and two, and this this tough run still continues because the next week you got to go at New Orleans. Yet another tough game on the road against a playoff team. Yeah, again, um, this is where it gets really scary. Can the Rams lose back to back games right here? This is where I think it could happen in the season. It's like you said earlier, the probably one of the toughest stretches in. Uh, you know, our schedule, uh, going on the road. I just, it's really hard for me to root against us on the road just cause how, what our record was last year. But like we talked about injuries, you're not getting that lucky every year, right? Things are going to happen. It's really tough to win on the road. I think the saints, uh, at this point they've gotten Ingram back. They've had a couple weeks with Ingram back. I almost want to say they're coming off a bye. Um, cause I thought they had an early bye with Ingram, but I could be wrong. Uh, and I think uh, I I gotta give this this. Yeah, they have a they have a buy in week six. Okay, so by week nine, yeah, they're coming off they they're coming off a road trip at Baltimore and at Minnesota. Okay, so, so they'll be very relieved to be. Yeah, home. they're home. They've had a couple weeks of Ingram getting back in the flow. That offense should be back and moving. Uh, I'll take the Saints here. I'll, I'll go and give us a loss. All right, and then you know then you face Seattle for the second time this season. Can you pull off the sweep? Oh, yeah, we're sweeping them, man. We're going to just crush their little Seahawks souls, man. That's that's the plan this year is to bury these guys as close to the bottom with the Cardinals as possible. So I think the Seahawks are going to extremely struggle this year. If, if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, I can't wait to, to tell everyone that I was wrong, but I don't see it happening. Russell Wilson is only one man. Uh, so, yeah, I think we sweep them at home, take the win. All right, and then Monday night, the last game before the bye, Monday night against Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, in Mexico. I'm excited about this one. I'm actually looking to make that trip to Mexico. Oh, that's the Mexico, uh, Mexico oh, City. That's cool. Yep, and uh, we've got a really awesome fan base in Mexico. It's really awesome, actually, looking at our podcast numbers uh, for Rams Podcast and Locked On. 
uh, Rams. We have some really good numbers coming out of Mexico. Uh, the support when they've gone and done some of their trips to kind of uh, get everyone ready down there. I think we're going to see a lot of Rams jerseys. And it's not too far of a trip. I mean, if you look at our schedule over the last couple of years, we traveled uh, top three in the last three years. We were top three in traveling uh, mileage. And this is really, besides the Saints and the Broncos game, our longest road trip. And here we are. And what week is this when we're talking now? We're, you know, week, week 11. Yeah, week 11. And those are our, our longest trips. So uh, I feel good about this one. I think uh, Mahomes, I'm curious to see how he is at this point. One. You never know those rookie quarterbacks. We saw it with Jared Goff uh, in his second half of the season. But it's tough to really step up that next level. I know we had one year watching, but uh, this is going to be a tough defense. I got the Rams in this one. All right, so look, if you could pull off 8-3, and three, with that late bye, you know, the late bye obviously hurts as you're slogging through October and November. But I think in the long run for a playoff team, it helps to get rest late in the season, you know, especially a team with so many veterans, so that you're a little bit refreshed coming into December. Uh, you know, December, you start with uh, three road games out of four, and then the, the only home one is against the Super Bowl champs. So it's, but it's easier because the competition, I think, is a little bit easier. So you start on the road at Detroit, uh, and I think uh, at Detroit, at Chicago, the next two weeks, you're, you play the, the two worst teams in the, NFC, in the NFC North on the road and the two better teams at home, which is probably how you want to do yeah. it. Yeah. These are your only two uh, early games for you guys, 10 a.m. Uh, in Los Angeles, other games. And, of course, you're from Chicago, so the second one's a bit of a homecoming. So what do you guys do at Detroit, at Chicago? Can you sweep them? Do you take one? Do you drop them both? Yeah, I think it's tough. I think at the end of the day, you really want to you really wanna think you sweep them there. But I, um, I almost have the Bears being the trap game there. I think we go in um, fresh off that bye. We're ready to come out. They'll probably come out a couple days earlier. That's what McVay's kind of been known to do to kind of get acclimated. Uh, Detroit is wishy-washy to me at all times and every game and every season it seems like they can either you know Matt Stafford's gonna go crazy and then they blow it or they're down by 40 and he comes back and they lose by seven yeah they're such a 500 yeah so I think that's a win I think the Rams will just find a way to pick off Stafford like three times because he's going to be trying to force the ball at some point and then uh, I'm curious about this outdoor game January or uh, December 9th in Chicago Um, back-to-back road games you know, in the Midwest. It's the only cold weather game on your schedule this exactly. year. Exactly. So this is the one that I have kind of as our trap game. Um, at the end of the day, I think we're just a better roster than them. So I think we get the win. I think we sneak the win out. But I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a loss. But I'll take it as a win because I cannot let any of my Bears fans, my family or anybody, let me hear me say that the Bears are going to beat the Rams. So I got to say the Rams sweep the Lions and Bears, but if they're going to lose one of them, I think it would be to Chicago. Yeah, I mean, the Bears did win at home last year against Pittsburgh and Carolina, two uh, double-digit win teams somehow. But All right, so now you're 10-3. and three. You come home, you face the Super Bowl champs on Sunday Night Football, your last primetime game, although the Week 17 game could possibly be flexed depending on what happens. Uh, you know, if you're 10-3, and three, this game against the Eagles, that could be, who knows if that's right. know, flat positioning on the line, home field advantage on the line. Right, and it's tough. And this is where I'm looking at the last three games, and I'm like, man, I'm trying not to be, you know, crazy prediction here. But it's really hard as I look at all these games and, and what I really value our roster at and what we can do. This is a revenge game for the Rams, right? We This is when we knocked out Carson Wentz last year, and we really thought, all right, he's out of the game in the fourth quarter. We should win this. And Foles comes down, didn't do anything crazy, but he moved the football and got to really lock up the game, hit a couple third down passes that, you know, blew our minds at the time because we're like, come on, it's Foles. Like, but, um, 
you know, we're expecting Wentz to be the quarterback at this time, obviously. I think this is a big revenge game for us uh, at home in the Coliseum. You mentioned it. It's going to be one of those. Could be, you know, for home field advantage in the playoffs. So being a homer that I am, I think I've got to take the Rams winning this game again um, in, in a weird way as you're looking at the last two games in a scary way for me. is It could be, you know, two losses in a row, uh, but I'm going to take two wins in a row because I'm on the – the positive side of things since this is all just guessing at this point. All right. So they go to Arizona, they sweep that season series and then they get revenge against San Francisco. So you have the Rams with 13 and three. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. So when I've done this before, I usually end up at about 12 and four or 13 and three. And I could maybe even go, you know, as much as, you know, where we were at last year with, with 10 wins. But yeah, I, I see a high side of 13 with, with, with these Rams. All right. So then let me ask you this. Coming into the season with that kind of expectations, what would what would have to happen for you to deem this season a success? Like, if this team goes to the NFC Championship game and loses, would you say it was a successful season or no? Yeah, I think if we get to the um, NFC Championship game, that's a success. I think really to to come out of this, um, you know, with saying it's a success, we got to win a playoff game. You know, we got there last year. We gotta take take steps forward. You gotta still look back and go, okay, it's McVay's second year. It would be awesome for him to come in his second year, make a run at the Super Bowl, and get that far. Um, but it doesn't happen very often, right? So you really just want to see progress moving forward. He set the bar really high in his first season, uh, getting to the playoffs and you know getting a home field or a home game in the playoffs. So I think really is if he gets the to the NFC Championship game. That's a big-time success. So, yeah, I call that a big win for us if we get that far. All right, and what would have to happen for this team to not make the playoffs? Like, you know, t- draw me the scenario in which this team ends up going, you know, 7-9 or something like well, that. Well, starts out by a Jared Goff injury because we do not okay. have a backup quarterback. And, um, you know, I think one would maybe – another thing would be, you know, our defense that I really think is gelling really well and it's all, all counts coming out of camp is that they're playing so well together. But if we have a couple injuries on that side and all of a sudden, you know, we are into that, you know, really relying on backups on the line or if Sue or Donald go down, uh, then, you know, your defense is what you really thought would take you to that next level. If you had the high-powered offense, just need to really get that top-line defense. So if our defense somehow has some injury problems, uh, I think that could be another way that we could, you know, fall below uh, 10 wins and really start to look at maybe not making the playoffs. All right, well, Bear, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you know, I'm not going to wish you good luck because you're facing the Vikings at least once this year, quite possibly <laughs> twice if things turn out the way that we're, uh, we're, we both think for our teams. Uh, you know, Bear, you can find him uh, on either of his podcasts, Locked on Rams or the Rams podcast, uh, which is Rams podcast on Twitter. Locked on Rams is at Locked on Rams, I think. So yep. that's pretty straightforward. Again, I'm not going to wish you good luck. If things do turn out that way, maybe we'll have to bring you back on in January to a preview of playoff game. Awesome. Sounds good. And, uh, you know, when week four hits and, and uh, you want to start talking some trash, hit me up on Twitter and I'll be more than happy to throw it on a bet because... I know I gave us a loss in that game, but I'm probably going to be a lot more confident when we're coming into that game. Yeah, so, coming in at 3 uh, Best now. of luck to you as well, and uh, man, good, thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon. All right, thanks very much.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.